Sometimes you just got to take care of business. That's what the Magic did Wednesday, plus Paolo Bancaro's closing argument before he gets named an all-star on Thursday. It's time for Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. on Magic. Today is February 1st, 2024. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked on Magic, the Orlando Magic take care of their business against the San Antonio Spurs. What they showed they can be and that why they showed they still have a long way to go. We'll get to the good and the bad of a 10-point win in San Antonio. A rare feat, actually. We'll explain that. Plus, Paolo Bedcaro makes his closing argument for the All-Star team. Votes are probably in already, but we'll talk about that as well. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. This episode of Locked On Magic is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code, all lowercase, LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. Let's uh, keep this real for a sec. Um, the Magic have struggled to get wins. They went 6-8 and eight in December. They went 6-10 and 10 in January. Uh, they have lost some ground, very clearly, obviously. Um, but they're still very much where they want to be in the playoff race. You know, they're still very much in the hunt. They're tied with Miami for 7th in the East. We are very much looking ahead to that game next Tuesday. Miami snapped their losing streak on uh, on Wednesday as well. Um, wins all count the same. As, as, as former Magic coach and, and legendary coach Chuck Daly used to say, there's no such thing as an ugly win. Beating the Spurs, no matter what status they are in, is not easy. The Magic picked up their seventh franchise win in San Antonio. Their seventh ever in 35 years. Their seventh win, 7-28 seven in, in San Antonio. I think 7-28. Maybe they uh, played there more. I could, I'm not going to grab my media guide here. Um, but seven total wins in 35 seasons in San Antonio. That's a big deal. It's a big win, um, no matter how bad the Spurs are. But undoubtedly, when we see an opponent like the Spurs, and again, no offense to our friend Jeff Garcia from Locked On Spurs. Had him on the show yesterday. I don't want to throw him under the bus. They know what's going on. They know the deal. Um, undoubtedly, when you see an opponent like the Spurs, you want to take care of your business and do it comfortably. And honestly, with a young team like the Magic, you want to see them do that. We'll get another chance at this Sunday afternoon in Detroit. Um, but you want to see the team take care of business. You want to see the team win as easily and as comfortably as possible because you don't want to be that team that gets nipped by a 10-win Spurs team. 
that's not quite how it works in the NBA, of course. That's, that's that, it, These are good teams. Like Victor Wembanyama is a really good player. Devin Vassell is a good player. The Spurs are a dangerous team if you overlook them and if you don't play with intensity. And so that is ultimately kind of the lesson of Wednesday's win. Uh, the Magic looked a little tentative at the start. And then they looked as good as they have looked in a very long time. The third quarter for the Orlando Magic is exactly what you want to see from a young team. Orlando won the third quarter 34-21. to Again, took care of their business. They made five of eight three-pointers, 14 of 26 shots, through only three turnovers. They had 12 assists in the quarter alone. They had 12 of their 29 assists in the third quarter. They forced turnovers. They got out in transition. The ball moved. It hopped. They made shots. Everything was in a flow. And more importantly, the Magic came out of the break, came out of the half, kept the momentum going, and built a lead. This is what good teams do. Against an opponent like the Spurs, you don't let them hang around. Maybe they hang around for a half. Maybe you get a feel for how they're playing. But then you put your foot down and you take care of business. That's what the Magic did in the third quarter against Spurs. And it looked like they built as much as a 25-point lead. And it looked like the fourth quarter would be pro forma. It's been a while since we've had one of those. Magic played a lot of close games, especially on the road, to get a game where we could watch the fourth quarter and relax, maybe get some of the deep bench guys in. It felt like it was a long time coming. But... That's not where this team is at, unfortunately. The Magic got a little sluggish, got a little stagnant, started turning the ball over with six turnovers in the fourth quarter. They gave up a 15-0 run to see an 18-point deficit trim to three with about 3.30 to play. It felt like an exact copy of the Magic's third quarter against Dallas. And these are kind of two sides of the same coin. This is what being a 500 team is. And in one half, This is what being a 500 team is. It's showing signs of really great promise and then the inconsistency of not being able to do it for a full 48 minutes. This remains the biggest challenge the Magic have to face. Can they build consistency through the course of an entire game? Can they do the same thing over and over and over again? Can they as a said very succinctly after they lost to the Sixers a couple weeks ago, can we stay engaged with the boring? Can we not get bored with the simple? That's what the good teams do. And the Magic did it really well in the third quarter and did it really poorly in the fourth quarter. Now, you got to give credit where the credit is due. Um, You got to give them the props where they're due. The Magic didn't fold. They didn't crack. They didn't back down. They stuck with it. The the Spurs came back, stared them right in the eye, and Orlando made the plays down the stretch they needed to do to win. They got some turnovers. Markel Fultz hit a big jumper. They they made the plays they had to do to win. And, And that is a sign of maturity in itself. Again, so much of this season is about maturing and learning how to win in these situations. But... It's the Spurs. Again, no offense to the Spurs. No offense to our friends at Locked On Spurs. But it's the Spurs. I was watching the first half. 
The Magic were making a lot of mistakes. The Spurs were more aggressive. They were able to get in the paint. Uh, the Magic were missing some shots. And it was still very much a, okay, stay with it. Stay in that grind. Don't lose, don't lose patience. Don't lose sight of anything. They're going to make mistakes. They are the Spurs. Again, I hate saying that because we've been there before. We know that. But that's the reality. The margin for error against a team like the Spurs is pretty wide. The Magic could make mistakes. They could make errors. They could test some things out and still ultimately be fine. And so, yes, the Magic were lazy, for lack of a better phrase, for about four and a half, five minutes. The Spurs got hot. They made some shots. They cut into that deficit. And the Magic had to refocus, relock in, and pick up the win. And again, like, let's not lose sight of the big, the big thing. They did it. Yeah, it's against the Spurs, but they did it. They didn't lose. You know, we watched, you know, Portland do that against Milwaukee on Wednesday night too, where Portland lost a big lead. They had to stare down Milwaukee and they picked up the win. You know, Milwaukee on their on their perspective, they played with their food and lost. The Magic played with their food and got away with it. You're going to be able to do that against the Spurs. But here it is in just stark contrast. The third quarter was how good the Magic could be. The fourth quarter shows us why they're still struggling. They don't have consistent shooting. They're still figuring out the right way to attack and be consistent. And that's a big thing that the Magic have to keep learning. I will continue to say this. I'll continue to believe this, that so much of this season is about learning this stuff. So much of this season is about going through these growing pains. You don't want to. I want to win this game by 20. I was I was actually at the UCF game. Uh, I was covering the UCF game. I was watching I was watching the game off to the side. I was able to watch the whole fourth quarter. And it was very, and I was very much saying, like, hey, keep this thing above 20 so I can drive home and I don't have to stay here and watch this thing. Uh, I'd watch the replay later. Um, they didn't do that. Sat up in the press box, finished watching the game before I went home. Um, th- this is something the team has to learn how to do. But the only way you learn how to do it is by making the mistakes and getting those hard lessons sometimes. And so like so much of this season, Wednesday night showed us the good and the bad of this young team. One thing that is undoubtedly very good though, and a player who had a fantastic game is Paolo Bancaro. Paolo Bancaro makes his closing argument to make the all-star team. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick work, my friends, over at Prize Picks. Look, daily fantasy games can be really, really confusing. And like so many other things, it's just about being simple. The easier, the better. With prize picks, there's no confusing gameplay rules. There's there, even like figuring out what you need to do to win is really simple. All you have to do is pick four to six players and, pre- and predict whether they will get more or less than their prize picks projections. If you think Paolo Bancaro will score more than 23 and a half points against the Minnesota Timberwolves on Friday, you simply say he'll score more. It's that easy. You do that a couple times. And you end up with a great prize picks projection. They tell you exactly what your payout is, uh, what you need to do to win. 
it's really that simple. And the best part is, unlike those other daily fantasy games, winning is actually pretty easy. Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't mean to say it's guaranteed. It's not guaranteed, but it's pretty easy. Um, I know I come out on top more often than not. Maybe I'm more informed. I don't know. Um, but Prize Picks is the daily fantasy game of choice for me. Plus, you can play alongside side some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz. You can find them in the community plays under the promo staff. And Prize Picks even offers you a reboot policy. They're the only daily fantasy game that does this. If your player in basketball or football leaves in the first half and does not return in the second, that pick gets returned to you. It's the only daily fantasy sports platform with an insurance policy like this. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match of up to $100. We want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Be sure to check out the Locked On Sports Today uh, uh, 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Get the latest in the sports world from local experts like me, as well as our national shows covering everything going on. Anything you can imagine. Football, baseball, hockey, college sports, basketball, anything. They got it. Check it out today. Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Today is the big day. If you're listening to this on Thursday, we are going to find out officially the full roster for the NBA All-Star team, at least the roster as selected by the, the starters, which we already know, and, and, and as selected by the coaches. Uh, injured replacements, uh, I do anticipate Julius Randle. Maybe, maybe the coaches don't vote for him, which would be a shame because he does deserve to be an All-Star despite his injury. Um, but... If Julius Randle does make it, he will have an injury replacement that will be named by Adam Silver, by the commissioner. Um, we are expecting that Paolo Bancaro will be named an all-star. Um, you know, We're not ready to call it. I'm not going to roll up my sleeves and go to the big board here. Uh, we're not going to call that race quite yet, um, but we are expecting and, and things seem to be trending in the direction of Paolo Bancaro being an all-star. But you know, I've seen a few of these selections out there that have Paolo either getting the last spot. I know when I did my uh, run through last week, I had Paolo as one of the wild cards. Um, John Hollinger somehow had Kristaps Porzingis and Derek White. I think you can only pick one if you're picking one. He also had Jimmy Butler, who hasn't played enough games to, to, to be an all-star, in my opinion. Uh, Jimmy Butler over Bam Adebayo is certainly a choice. There are people making arguments, and they're not all off base, that Paolo Bancaro will not make the team. And, and that's not necessarily a knock on Paolo. Uh, I think a lot of the arguments against Paolo to make the All-Star team are the same reason why people argued against him for Rookie of the Year. And I think a lot of those arguments, frankly, fall flat for the same reason that those Rookie of the Year ar- arguments against him fell flat. Um, but I'm biased. I'm not going to pretend otherwise. Um, I am, again, expecting Paolo Bancaro to be named an All-Star on Thursday, we'll have full coverage of that on Locked On Magic tomorrow, plus uh, uh, plus another stop on our trade deadline tour. If that is not the case, though, and if the co- if there are coaches that have not submitted their ballots before Thursday, I'm pretty sure they were due Tuesday. But regardless, Paolo Bancaro made another really strong 
closing argument for why he should be an all-star. And, and, and Jamal Mosley said it after the game, this kid is an all-star. He did all-star things. And 35 minutes of 39 seconds on the floor, Paolo Bancaro scored 25 points, was a team-high plus 13, uh, shot 9 for 18. Take that, you efficiency nerds. 2 for 4 from deep. Again, take that, you efficiency nerds. 5 for 7 from the foul line with 9 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, 1 turnover. This was a masterclass game from Paolo. And frankly, it wasn't even that he did anything loud. And honestly, this still remains to me the most impressive thing about Paolo. About Paolo. Um, he is very, very controlled. He understands how to run his stuff. He understands how to get his shots. He understands how to be himself. And Paolo... Paolo just continues to impress. Um, he like, I will, I, I'll tell a story, you know, um, you know, one of the ways that I always knew that Tim Duncan was really good. Um, I remember I was at a magic game when I was younger, magic were playing the Spurs over at the TD Waterhouse center at the time. Uh, and I was, you know, Spurs were a really good team, obviously. And I kept it. I said, I thought to myself midway through the fourth quarter, like, man, the Magic have done a really good job on Tim Duncan. And I turned up to look at the, the scoreboard way back in the day up in the up in the rafters there. Tim Duncan had 35 points. Quietest 35 I'd ever seen. That's not that Paolo Bancaro is Tim Duncan, um, but that is how I would describe this game about Paolo. It, was, it wasn't loud. It was consistent. A steady drumbeat doing whatever the Magic needed him to do. And again, yes, against the Spurs, they were doubling him hard. And, you know, he maybe needed a, a little bit to adjust, but sure, very quickly he understood where the double teams were coming from, how imprecise they were, and he picked them apart. Whether that meant driving away from the double teams to get to his spots and shoot jumpers, whether that meant dishing out passes to the open spaces, and some of them were really difficult passes, Paolo just did whatever the defense presented him. And again, like so many of the arguments against Bancaro winning, uh, making the all-star team are about his efficiency. Well, he's more efficient this year than he was last year. He's shooting the ball a lot better this year than he was last year. And unlike a lot of other players on the all-star candidacy list, he is getting doubled on every play. Every time Paolo Bancaro touches the ball, he is getting double teamed. It's wild to see. It is a crazy thing to see. And it's been really impressive to watch him grow and develop. And look, he's still going through growing pains. He's still in his second year. He's still making mistakes. And frankly, I, I've said this a million times, mistakes are fine with him. He's going to get better from making these mistakes. But what's been impressive about Paolo is how quickly he has grown and developed. And whether he makes the all-star team this year or not, and again, I expect that he will. I suspect that he will. An all-star bid is coming for this kid very soon. If he doesn't make it this year, he is going to make it next year. Because frankly, when we get to the playoffs, his brilliance is going to be undeniable. Once he gets on that stage, 
he's going to figure out how to score and how to make an impact and how to be uh, be in, impactful at that stage. He lives for that stage. The no pressure tattoo is a, is a, is, is a, is a mantra. He knows how to handle himself. This kid is an all-star, whether he's wearing that Jersey in Indianapolis on Sunday or, or not, this kid is an all-star. And I am so excited and 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 eagerly anticipating seven o'clock, seven p.m. Eastern time on Thursday to make what we all know official. Bancaro was awesome on Wednesday night. He's a big reason why this team won. He set the tone for this team. He he sets a calming tone too. You know, he's maybe not at the point where you can organize guys, and 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 I think you know again, he's still young. He's still a little bit quick to make decisions, and 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 you know again, we know how clutch he is, but. Marco Fultz is still good for settling this team down, but it's not going to be long before Paolo sets that tone and settles everyone down. I think Franz Wagner said it earlier this week or or, or, or last week. Paolo is already a leader. I think he actually said this on the JJ Redick podcast on, on the old man in the three, uh, which Paolo will be a guest on uh, later this week. Um, Paolo is already a leader on this team. And so again, this is going to be a big moment. And we're going to celebrate it accordingly. We're going to do the whole we're going to do, do the whole thing up. Um, but Paolo made a strong final statement in his last game before the reserves are announced. And we have every reason to believe Paolo Bancara will be heading to Indianapolis, not just to play on Friday night and the Rising Stars game, but to play Sunday night in the big show in Indianapolis. We'll go through the rest of the box score, talk a little bit about individual performances as your line of magic defeat the San Antonio Spurs. We're going to get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at FanDuel. Happy Pro Bowl to all who celebrate. I don't know if anyone does celebrate the Pro Bowl. I'm going to be there. It's going to be fun. It's supposed to be rainy. It's supposed to be cold. But what's a Pro Bowl in Orlando that isn't rainy and cold? But if you're getting ready for the big game next week, FanDuel is the place to go. It is America's number one sports book. And if you're like me, Big Game Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snack, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win the big game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown how many points will be scored, and so much more. I know I'm personally a fan of the the National Anthem over under. Always take the over. New customers, join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up today. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports, sports betting partner of the N. F-L. Okay, let's dive into the rest of the box scores. The Orlando Magic defeat the San Antonio Spurs 108-98. to as, as we've kind of gone over, it, it was a game that was, uh, I, honestly, like, 
playing teams like the Spurs, with, you know, it's been a while since we've been a team like the Magic playing a team like the Spurs, uh, a team that's a 500 team playoff team playing the Spurs. There's, there's always this trepidation that you're going to play down to your competition. And, and I think, unfortunately, I think there is this expectation that you blow these teams out um, and that you just start from the beginning, you blow them out and it's done in the first half and you can just sit relaxed during the second half. That's not typically how these things go. Um, typically, uh, you've probably heard me say this when the Magic were really bad. I'd always say, like, look, they can play about 40 minutes, and it's those eight minutes that bug you. It's those eight minutes that determine whether whether this game is close or not. The Magic right now are probably like a 44, 45-minute team, and there's like four, four, three or four-minute stretch. It. There's a three or four-minute stretch where we just don't know what's going to happen, and that's that's what determines the game. When you're a team like the Spurs, it's eight. It's the difference between men and boys. Um, the Magic had a really strong eight-minute stretch in the third quarter when they took control of the game and blew them open. And that's that's really all it was because it was a tight game in the first half. Orlando got itself going late in the second. They dominated the third quarter. And then they held on for dear life, scoring only 17 points in the fourth quarter. Um, again, three to four minutes. That There's a four-minute stretch where the Magic couldn't score. San Antonio made all of their shots. They got back in the game. And all of a sudden, we had ourselves a game in Orlando got back under control that that four minute stretch ended and they do, and they dominated the rest of the game and pulled away for the win. Again, they were up three with about three and a half minutes ago. Um, I believe it was 99, 96 at that point. So they finished the games outscoring them nine to two. Um, that is what good teams do too. I, again, I don't want you, I, I, I want, you know, there are maybe some warning signs. There are maybe some things to be a little worried about, with how the Magic closed this game and how the Magic had another big dip and and, and went away and against the better team, they probably would have paid for it like they did against Dallas. Um, but just like against Dallas, I think I mentioned this on Monday's pod, on Monday's pod or Tuesday's pod, um, just like against Dallas, give them the credit for fighting back, for staying in the game, for not, for not letting that beat them. Give them credit here too for not letting that beat them again and, and finding a way, scratching out the basket they needed, the, the momentum play that they needed on defense, on offense, that enabled them to win this game. Wins are wins. It doesn't matter who you're playing. They are not easy. And so, again, I, I you know, we're, we're in the business of winning basketball games here. There's no moral victories. There's always something to clean up. The Magic won the game. Learn your, you know, Stanley Gundy used to say this all the time. You gotta wit, you gotta learn, you gotta wit, learn your lessons while winning. Mo Wagner said that. Mo Wagner said it too. Um, you know, Mo Wagner's a big culture guy on this team. Um, you know, he said it, you know, I don't need losses to learn lessons. I can learn lessons while winning. So that 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 is a big one for this team. Um, overall, though, like a lot of really nice games for magic players. You know, Franz Wagner had 20 points, nine for 16 shooting, two for four from three, eight rebounds. Those rebounds have been way up this year. And five assists. So you get 12 of 29, 12 of the Maddox, 29 assists from your two star players. Really good ball movement. Franz was doing great uh, getting, you know, kind of getting the basket, getting his scoring. His big issue was turnovers, six turnovers. Um, you know, I think he had a couple shots blocked by Victor Mbanyama as well. There was some aggression there for sure. Um, but the ball was in his hands a lot. The Spurs put some pressure on him. The Spurs have some size between Jeremy Sochan, between you know, Devin Vassell is a big dude uh, between Julian, Julian Champagne. Um, they got some big guys that 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 got into him a little bit. Uh, so, you know, Franz did it after the game. Yeah, got to clean up those turnovers. Um, turnovers were the big bugaboo. Again, Magic had six turnovers 
in the fourth quarter. You know, six of the Magic 16 turnovers came from Franz. So Franz cleans that part up. Team's fine. Team runs away with this game. It's okay. No player on the Magic, for the record, had a negative plus minus in this game. So again, the Magic very much in control of this game. And I thought generally did a good job. Uh, Wendell Carter, 14 points, three for seven shooting. One for three from deep, seven for eight from the foul line. Five rebounds, including three offensive rebounds. Um, he struggled defending Victor Wembenyama. I think Wembenyama felt very comfortable going in the post against him. But I, I got to give Wendell a lot of credit. He got into foul trouble early, uh, but I think generally adjusted really well. I thought his second half defense on, on, on Wembenyama was very disruptive. Did a good job using his hands to to stay in passing lanes, contest shots as best he could, challenge those shots. You know, honestly, like, let's talk about Wembenyama. 21 points, 7 for 15 shooting, 2 for 5 from 3, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 turnovers, 6 blocks. So, you know, Wembenyama's presence is very real. Like, that this kid is a really good player and a really dynamic player. But I do think once the Magic got comfortable with him around, which, you know, maybe you don't ever really get comfortable with him around, um, the Magic started to challenge him a little bit more, which again, he, he blocks six shots and, you know, he, he's he's a great shot blocker. He's got great timing. He, you know, Markel Fultz is really good at avoiding shot blockers and getting shots off. Fourth quarter play, Fultz got to the basket, put a layup up, and Wemben Yama just took it from him. Um, an incredible block shot that that just no, no one blocks that shot from Fultz. Um, Wemben Yama is going to be one of those players that's just really good. That just makes plays that you just shake your head at. And you're just like, there's nothing we can do about this. He is just a, an incredible physical presence. But I do think that the magic being able to throw size at him, whether it was Wendell Carter and Wendell Carter being physical, whether it was Paolo Bancaro taking a turn, whether it was Franz Wagner taking a turn. And then most importantly, Jonathan Isaac, Jonathan Isaac bothered him. Um, you know, did he stop him? Did he contest, you know, did he get clean contests on every shot? no, but Jonathan Isaac bothered him because Isaac is long. He's physical. He can stay in front of his man. He can jump. Like, like they're a little bit of a Spider-Man meme defensively. Um, but I, I do think Isaac did a really good job beginning to reel him back in and beginning to slow him down. After the first quarter, I thought Orlando did a good job challenging. And again, like one of my big keys, every game points in the paint, 62 points in the paint for the Magic. They're 31 and 57. That's a good number. They gave up only 46. That's a good number. Winning the paint 62 to 46, that's going to get the job done. You know, Orlando only took 23 pointers in this game. They they really decided they weren't going to shoot a ton of threes. Seven for 20, that's going to be okay in the long run. San Antonio's not a great three-point shooting team, so maybe this is a game where you can get away with that. Um, but you don't you can't survive shooting just 23s if you don't dominate the paint. And Orlando didn't get to the line this game. But they dominated the paint, and, and and that is a credit to how they learned to attack Wembenyama, how they learned to draw him away from the basket, pass around him, score around him. Um, a real credit to them. They've struggled with shot blockers like him in the past, and again, maybe it's the Spurs. You know, they're going to have to deal with it with Rudy Gobert on Friday in Minnesota. Um, there's a lot to say about that. Um, so that's Wendell Carter's game. Uh, Marco Fultz. 11 points, 5 for 11 shooting, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. I, I Two steals as well. Fourth quarter, he did a really good job kind of taking over and settling the team down, getting some good looks. I mean, look, we know the spacing issues. We know all that. He's willing to take jumpers again, or take the mid-range jumpers again. They don't look as clean as they did last year. 
Um, but they're starting to go in with more consistency. So I think his legs are starting to come back. Um, I, I, again, I liked what I saw from Markel, uh, especially in that fourth quarter to kind of close this game down. Jonathan Isaac had a big game. Like I said, eight points, four for seven shooting, all coming in the second quarter, four block shots, helped really set the tone defensively for Orlando, just did a great job uh, being a defensive force. Um, you know, I saw one of the ma- magic blogs. I forget which one. You know, I think it was Six Man Show. I think it was our friends at the Six Man Show um, say, you know, Jonathan Isaac might be our third best player. And at least by impact, I, I don't think that's that's too far off. Like he is, his, pre, like when he's in the game, the Magic are better. Um, they're, they're better, def- they're a good defensive team anyway. They're a better, def- they're just unbeatable almost defensively when Isaac's in the game because he's just making so many good plays. Uh, I, I am still... So impressed with Jonathan Isaac and and just really, really, uh, really love what I'm seeing uh, from him. Um, other notables, Mo Wagner had 10 points. Jalen Suggs just seven points on three for nine shooting. Not a lot going on for Jalen Suggs. Did have four steals, got a couple runouts. Um, so his defensive impact was there. He's, he's getting caught a little bit too far behind defensively sometimes. That, that, that'd be my only complaint. Orlando ends the game shooting 47.7%. They shoot seven for 20 from beyond the arc. 19 for 23 from the foul line. That'll that'll be okay. 12 offensive rebounds leading to 14 second chance points. That's solid, not great. 16 turnovers leading to 10 points. Turnovers are a little high. Again, six of them in the fourth quarter. Um, San Antonio won scoring off of them, but again, missed opportunities. Uh, when, when you're a team that's limited with their scoring, those missed opportunities are big. Um, a big thing in this game was pace. Uh, first quarter, San Antonio was able to get up and down and really speed the game up, make it a high possession game. I thought the Magic in the second and third quarters did a good job kind of controlling the pace, keeping the possession counts a little bit lower. A 108-98 game is right in Orlando's wheelhouse. Um, the Magic are, I don't think they're a slow team. They want to be a possession control team. I, I think we've seen them settle in. Uh, they haven't really figured out what pace they want to play at, but um, we've seen them settle in now. They're like 18th, 19th, 20th in pace um, in terms of total possession. We're, we're, we're halfway through the season. I get the kind of feeling the Magic need to be more of a ball control team. And like, look, get out and run when you can. But they want to. They want the game to be slow, um, you know, not too fast. When it's breakneck, I think that's when they really struggle because they're not going to score enough. San Antonio wants to play that way. And so um, seeing the score this low... 86 shots, 80 for, for San Antonio. That's a pretty good sign that Orlando did a good job controlling the tempo of the game. So just, just something else to, to keep in mind and, and keep an eye on. Again, when Manyama had 21.7, Vassell had 26 uh, for the Spurs. Got hot, especially in that first quarter. San Antonio shoots 45% from floor, 9 for 31 from 3. They turned the ball over 19 times for 23 points. As we'd expect with a young team, with a team with a poor record. A lot of mistakes, a lot of miscues left that door wide open for the Magic. It was only a matter of time before they took the lead. And then again, in the fourth quarter, if the Magic could get themselves back focused, disrupt them a little bit, they were going to make mistakes. And eventually, that's what they did. The Orlando Magic defeat the San Antonio Spurs 108-98. to Orlando's back in action Friday against the Minnesota Timberwolves. We get to see our sister team again. Uh, we'll have complete coverage of that game on Friday night's episode of Locked on Magic. Um, tomorrow, though, we will talk about Paolo Bancaro and his uh, all-star uh, all-star reserve spot, if he gets it or not. Plus, we'll make another stop on our trade deadline tour. But 
That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Sit your tune in Himmel, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all of them on the podcast to your podcast enable listening device. Be sure to check us out on YouTube. Search for Locked on Magic or go to youtube.com slash at Locked on Magic. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. Be sure also to check out my Patreon page at the Orlando Magic Hub. You can find that at patreon.com slash Orlando Magic Hub. And as always, thank you all again for your support. Now that you're on this to us, be sure to check out the Locked On Sports Today 24-7 streaming channel. You might be watching us there now. You might not be. Uh, so there'll be another great podcast coming up next. If you are, that's the beauty of the 24-7 streaming channel. Get the latest from around the sports world from the people who know these teams best. Check it out today at Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic. This has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.